welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Hello again, everyone. We are Parenting by the Pint. This is Lauren. And this is Kara. Hi, Kara. Hi. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Good. We are two Chicago suburban moms with five kids between us. We like to get together and hang out, talk about a large variety of different things, kids, stories, activities, and drink beer while we do it. And drink beer. I thought you weren't going to say that at first. I was going to be like, dude, That's like half the podcast, I'm like staring at it. And we're staring at four beers right in front of us. So... Yeah, big part, big part of it. But anyway, so uh, we have a special guest with us tonight. Yeah, Mike, my husband, is on the podcast with us tonight. He's going to share uh, his love of Oktoberfest mm-hmm. and uh, a little bit about himself and join us on a parenting topic as well that's, I suppose you would say, near and dear to his heart or that he feels strongly about, I think, is more appropriate. <laughs> feels strongly. <laughs> fair yeah. Enough, fair enough. So, hey, Mike, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and um, tell us about Oktoberfest. Uh, hi, I'm Mike, um, Kara's husband. Um, I brought Oktoberfests tonight. It's uh, my favorite seasonal beer. There's a lot of seasonals that I really do not like. Um, like what? Mm. Pumpkin beers. Ugh, I agree. I'm not I also a huge don't like fan pumpkin of. spice coffee either, so yeah. I know. Unpopular um, opinion. We've officially lost half our listeners yep, by saying go. that. Yeah. <laughs> pumpkin spi- spice lattes. Ugh. I don't know. You know... Th- the craft beer industry doesn't do seasonals as much as they used to. Um, so a lot of that stuff has gone anyway. But Oktoberfests have been around a long time. They're still around, and I really enjoy them. Yeah, me too. We used to go to a restaurant brewery in Bolingbroke near our house that had a really good Mertzen that they had year-round. Uh, Is it now closed? Well, it was called Gordon Beers. Yes, it's now. It's been bought by something yeah, else. Yes, agreed. Um, okay. But their Meriton was really good. I thought I knew And it. Yeah. Uh, I miss it. I used to really enjoy it. Fair, fair. You know, yeah. I'm not, uh, this is kind of cool for me because I haven't really had a lot of Oktoberfests. I don't know why. It just never has been a, a thing for I me. I mean, maybe because it's know. seasonal. Maybe you just yeah. kind of miss it. You Possibly. Know? Or you you're know. not looking for it. Yeah. I mean, fall is my favorite season, but I feel like... Maybe I just transition straight into stouts from my summer yeah. beers, or I have an excess amount of IPAs in my fridge that I haven't drank. So at you're my, trying my pool. to finish them. So I'm trying to finish them, and then I just kind of sk- miss out on like the September October new beers, the Gap beers, right? Like I yeah. feel like maybe that's it. So that this is this is exciting for me. Yeah. Well, why don't we drink our first one here? We're going to drink Buckle Down's Oktoberfest. Um, we'll have a sip of that. See what we think. Cool. Buckle Down is. Uh, Local to the Chicagoland area, western suburb, Lions. They've been around since about 2013, I think. I haven't had a lot of their beers, but maybe we'll highlight them in the future. I love Buckle Down. I've been to their place a couple times. One thing that I'll say is sometimes when it's a day like today where it's in the 70s, mm-hmm. 75, maybe maxed out, uh, they just like open their garage door. Oh, nice. And yeah, I thought no? it was like boiling <laughs> hot in there. Oh, really? Yeah. Um but okay. I believe they do have air conditioning. Okay. It was just one of those like middle weird days gotcha. where it was like they didn't want to close everything up, but they and then I I would imagine at this time yeah. where they kind of are discouraging having people inside mm. too much, they yeah. probably always have the door open. That's probably fair. Um, yeah. But for them, I would imagine that's kind of a benefit because it really doesn't limit the amount of people they can have in their space. And they have a pretty small space. Okay. Well, we'll have to check so. it out sometime, or I will have to check it out sometime. No, I'll definitely join you. So, what Cheers. do you guys yeah, what did you think, think about uh, Buckle Down's Oktoberfest? Um, it's okay. I 
I think this is more of a, a Fest beer than a Martzen. Okay. So if you didn't know, Oktoberfests are kind of broken down into two different categories. Mm-hmm. Martzen is like the traditional old school Oktoberfest that they made hundreds of years ago. Okay. Um, originally, they made a lager and they put it in a cave and they they aged it for about six months and it came out and it was relatively high in alcohol especially for beers at the time and uh yeah that was the original oktoberfest and then uh more recently germany has been upset that tourists have been coming into their oktoberfest festivities and getting belligerent which i can understand yeah we are very good at that. No, yeah. Definitely. Um, Particularly the Americans. Oh, the Americans. They're back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have kind of uh, produced a new style of Oktoberfest, and that's called a fest beer. And that's lower in alcohol, lighter in color, um, easier drinking, so you don't get quite as more sessionable, I should say. That's We love that yeah. word. Sessionable. Yeah. yeah. We try to say it at least once a podcast. Yeah, so. this is, You're welcome. We're, Take we're, a shot, everybody. Yeah. We're, this is about, this It says it's a 5.2 ABV. So, yeah, it's definitely within that range of yeah, yeah session type beer. Um, it's good. It's crisp. It's clean. Yeah. It's, it's pretty mild. You're right. It doesn't have the same um, zing, I guess, that Meritsons do. The, the, I don't know. I always get that feeling in my nose when I drink something. It's got a little bit more oh. alcohol in it. Um, and this is... This is pretty mellow. It's so. very mellow. Yeah, it's definitely like a, it's a flavorful lager, but it's not real. you know, that's kind of, yeah. to me, what it is. No, um, I think you really hit the nail on so, the head there. That's perfect, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's certainly not bad if you like lagers. It's got a lot of flavor to it, but I'm not, I'm definitely not an Oktoberfest expert, so let's continue on. <laughs> well, why don't we talk a little bit about craft beer in general mike and you can tell us uh what was your first experience with craft beer if you recall what was like the first what you would consider craft beer that you recall drinking uh i don't know that i remember for sure what my first craft beer was i would guess it was probably 312 or um maybe metropolitan crankshaft okay so this was back in like the early 2000s and like both of those things were pretty prevalent um at that time but I do remember I was drinking a lot of, like, Coors Light <laughs> in college. That was, like, a go-to. Red Dog. I drank a lot of Red Dog. I feel like you guys had, like, Keystone or something in the fridge. I, I never like drank Keystone, adding. but that's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, but I do remember drinking Bohemia, and that was, like, a beer that, I mean, that's not a craft beer. It's an import. But that really, like, I really turned a... a a corner there but it's and not Coors Light so yeah, that's what I mean yeah that I yeah. kind of was like oh I, there's more out here than yes. just like these American light lagers yeah. I remember Bohemia as well experiencing that probably with you in college and getting it at like the Mexican restaurant that we used mm-hmm. to go to in Champagne like constantly right um yeah. they had it and yeah. I remember choosing it over Corona yeah. and Dos Equis and whatever else they kind of maybe had available, I yeah. would pick Bohemia and they always had Yeah, it. I remember. It. Granted, I should remember pretty much what you remember from college. So. Yeah, we have similar backgrounds with that. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, we, we all knew each other in college. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like now might be the right time to say that Mike and I met through Lauren and Brandon. So, uh, you know, we have a, True. a special little connection there, you know, that... Uh, that I don't know that we've ever mentioned that on the podcast. I'm know. not sure. Um, yeah, Mike and my husband were roommates in college, and 
I mean, Kara and I were roommates in college and friends for far beyond that. But yeah, yeah, so we would make road trips out to Western Illinois University, and uh, yeah, hang out with the boys. Yeah, so always a good time. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna open this and we can continue talking. Yeah, we're gonna do Revolution Knicks and their version of the Oktoberfest. What else we got for Mike here? Yeah. Hey, how about what's your current favorite craft beer? Do you have one? Or brewery, if you want to get more general. I mm-hmm. think that's cool. Yeah. Um, no, I don't really have a favorite craft beer currently. I I don't drink a lot of the same stuff over and over again, like a lot of craft drinkers do. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I would say Foreign Exchange is probably my favorite brewery Mm -hmm. currently or maybe pollyanna i like both of those breweries a lot um we're not gonna argue that yeah i was gonna say you're not gonna get an argument from lauren and i against either of those obviously we have we have special love for ricky because he joined us on here but pollyanna has always been solid too that was one of the first that was the first beer that we featured first brewery that we featured Mm -hmm. um and i definitely want to get back to them and we will in this episode we're going to talk about pollyanna again yeah but uh yeah, that's good. Foreign Exchange is good. They've really kind of just come out of the the start here, just like blowing me away. Oh, I mean, for they've sure. it's been hit after hit. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, they've definitely had some solid stuff. You know, I um I similarly don't have like a favorite. My fridge is a rotating thing of just lots of different beers and i wind up either donating them to a home of people who need more beer right <laughs> recruiting that, i have to call it recruiting. Yeah, recruiting friends that you know haven't tried things because again like i always say i'm the only one that drinks beer in my house so but like i like to try new things that come out all the time so you know i'm not buying the same thing over and over i'm like you know, this looks interesting or this is different or this is seasonal or, you know, whatever. But I definitely like, you know, we're so lucky with so many. I mean, you go into any bottle shop and obviously, Mike, you're in the industry, but you you have, there's so many options. Like, I don't like yeah. to pigeonhole myself into, well, I'm going to drink this all the time because I feel like I'm, you know, I don't want to miss out on right. well, and I mean, <laughs> so many other good beers out there. Yeah. Fear of missing out. Right? Fear of missing out is a real thing. Well, it and if you're, if you're walking down the aisle and you stumble upon something that has this description of flavors mm-hmm. or or is a style that you've come to enjoy the idea of trying a new one even if you have no idea it's mm-hmm. completely foreign to you is kind of exciting so yeah. and what if you what if you what find you stumble a, onto something you really love you what know, if it becomes really your great. favorite craft beer maybe i i don't really have um a favorite craft beer but i do i like to say that i have the desert island beers mm. the beers that i would drink if i could only have let's say three or four or five beers for the rest of my life and it was all that was available to me, I can make a list of that. Okay, interesting. Um, and I would probably put uh, Tavern Cut yep. by Hot Butcher Hot on Butcher. that list. Um, I would put Gummy Apocalypse by New Whistle probably on that list. Uh, Breakfast Out from Founders okay. is maybe on that list. Obviously, I'd love to put Owlbear on there if Miskatonic would just make it again. Please, and thank Over you. and over, yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely... Um, in a perfect world, that would definitely be on my list. And then maybe I would put Bass Cannon from Microphone. I, I gotta have a Berliner Cannon. Weiss on the list. A weird... The, what I like to call an Americanized Berliner Weiss, because they're kind of like a bastardization of like the original. It's not a true. Nobody cans a true Berliner Weiss because you really should be mixing. I mean, like the 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 idea of a Berliner Weiss actually is 
different. Well, we'll you know, maybe we'll maybe, maybe we'll, we'll talk about that Illinois. I was going to say if we're going to talk about the history of beer, yeah, <laughs> that's a we're whole gonna, yeah, styles a whole currently other. versus styles historically, right? Is so well, different. Okay. My only point with bringing it up is to say I would call it a Berliner Weiss, but really mm-hmm. what it boils down to is that particular beer with those that particular combination mm-hmm. of flavors is something I would really enjoy, and it kind of balances out the rest of the list for me. Fair. It's a good range. Like yeah, you have you know got stout you've got you know your your little bit tart your berliner and then um, the double ipas you know, the double course. ipas like it's a good it's a good range it's not all the same yeah. what do you think of revolutions Oktoberfest, you guys i haven't tried it hold on you hold haven't please. tried it yet mike any thoughts uh it's similar to the buckle down i think it's a little more um flavorful it's definitely a richer color yeah and i do get a bit more flavor in this one i would agree yeah um I feel like this one used to be like an offshoot from the Martin style. Okay. But it tastes pretty traditional to me now. I got to say that I haven't had this beer since we went to the Revolution Oktoberfest a couple years back. And yeah. I got like wishmasted drinking yeah. an insane amount of it. <laughs> and I'm getting a little bit of that like remembering that. Ah. And I'm starting to feel like I'm going to throw up on the L right now. <laughs> It's that like that one alcohol that you just can't have yeah, you because know how, of a like, bad experience. No, I get sometimes it. someone will be like, "Oh man, no, I'm good, no tequila," and then they say the word tequila, and your body drops. Like you're just like, "Oh god." My mother cannot drink tequila because of something that happened in Acapulco in 1976. That is what awesome. happened. I don't know exactly, but Acapulco 1976. And if someone offers her tequila, she that's what she out. says. She puts her hands up and goes, "No, no tequila, Acapulco 1976." And I'm like. Okay, man. Mom. <clears throat> she must have come close to death. But you'll you'll drink the rum, so we're good. So it's fine. And but all yeah, this the wine. Is, this is un, and I don't want to say unfortunately because I still like it. It tastes great. But all I can think about when I drink it is going to that Oktoberfest, which, by the way, was a very awesome time. I had a really <laughs> good time. They have bands there. They also allow you to sample some of their like. Some of the stuff in the barrel house, oh, nice. they'll have some rare stuff. Um, I want things like that to come back. Yeah, I, I would assume they're not doing that this I, year. No, they aren't. I deeply miss stuff like that. Um, I think that their quote-unquote Oktoberfest this year, if I recall online, was, was essentially just they released like a... Like an anniversary, sure, something, and you pick it up and, or and yeah. and it was just yeah. And even their tap room has been closed. Their brew pub has oh. been closed up until pretty recently. Ooh, interesting. They didn't open back up until I think the end of August. Oh wow. Okay. Um, they just stayed closed. Yeah. I think it's a very small space. Yeah, they probably couldn't um, have that many people. Some some of the places, some of the brew pubs, it's not worth it because well, they and they're are on indoors. Milwaukee, so they can't. Oh, they can't put Open tables anything. on the street yeah. because that's like the busiest street. Uh, so I think they just probably were a little bit, their hands were tied that's and fair. they just uh, I feel like, held back on that. I feel like this one's a little bit crisper on, even just like on my tongue, like the taste of it than the first one. Okay. Um, than the buckle down. Maybe yeah. it's just a little bit more flavor. I'm not sure, but... So I have another question for you, Mike, and it's one that I would struggle to answer myself. So, you know, I'll try to think of an answer while you're answering. Um, (laughs) If you could drink a beer with any person, alive or dead, uh, who would it be and what would you drink? Uh, I don't know. That's 
a ridiculous question <laughs> because there's like how too, dare you there's too many answers you know like you want to be like i don't know abraham lincoln or cleopatra or whatever <laughs> those are good answers like i you know i would definitely have a beer with lincoln um or anyone from that era I, you know there's this um this guy from san francisco around like 1900 his name was like emperor, emperor norton he was this crazy guy who declared himself emperor of America <laughs> and was a homeless person in San Francisco. And everyone in San Francisco loved him. He was like a staple of the community or something. Whoa, a, a really later. weird <laughs> historical figure. Um, I would maybe have a beer with that guy. Yeah, that's, that's a good cool. answer. Yeah. That's a good answer. Right. Not a ridiculous question. Um, How uh, dare you? Other than that, it, what, what first popped into my head, the, the sappy answer, I would say, was if I could have a beer with any person living or dead, Obviously, I think time travel is involved in this equation. Oh, for sure. So I would go into the future and I would have a beer with our kids. Oh, oh man. That's beautiful. Because that's what <laughs> I wanted. That's that's a possibility that's going to happen, you know. Right. Obviously, I love beer and I want to share that with them as I've shared other things with them. So, yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. Man. Yeah, I, uh, I've spent a lot of time trying to decide, you know, who I would have a beer with. And I mean, I guess I could give, you know, more of a sentimental, more of a personal answer and, and maybe say my, my grandfather, mm -hmm. you know, if I were to pick somebody that I like knew personally, I think it would be cool. He was, because he, I was, my parents were older when they had me, my grandparents were older, mm -hmm. kind of just proportionately. My grandfather passed away when I was in college, but he was... Yeah, he pretty was, old. Right. And, we, you know, I remember him from childhood and really enjoying him, but I didn't know him as an adult, mm -hmm. really. So I guess I would maybe say my grandfather if I were going to pick just somebody I knew. And if I were going to pick literally anyone in history. Yeah, I don't know. I, have, I don't I know. Gotten, yeah. I haven't given this much thought. Yeah. I've, I've thought of like three more people while I've been sitting here. <laughs> while you've been sitting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this other random yeah. person that I know about. I mean, I don't know. I, I, there somebody are, random. Though. I think I yeah. like your idea of, of picking someone who you're kind of fascinated by not necessarily that you idolize or that's a hero to you or anything like that Agreed. like that you find fascinating i mean in that regard maybe i would sit down with like elon musk or like cool. uh you know maybe michael jordan and i don't think we would have a good time but i think i would be fascinated by just kind of like experiencing an afternoon sitting with him yeah i feel you know? like he's had enough to drink though you think he's had enough <laughs> <laughs> You know, is yeah. there really such a thing as enough, Lauren? <laughs> I mean, that's a whole different conversation. Uh, why don't we open our right. third Oktoberfest and, uh, you know, talk a little bit about our parenting topic, maybe. Yeah, That'd be let's cool. do it. Actually, I was going to ask you guys a question. Uh, okay. And we didn't get to it here. So we're trying four beers here. I know you guys usually do, like, two, right? Yeah. Typically, yes. So, like, what do you do about, like, palate fatigue because we're drinking four beers here and they're all the same style well, so as we go down the list here like is each of these going to taste i mean i don't know it, you can even look at these so we just opened this um Fruhoff, the pollyanna mm -hmm. oktoberfest and just looking at it you can tell this is probably going to taste different because it's a different it's a totally different color it's a richer yeah. Yeah, amber color so this is probably more of a traditional martzen okay as opposed to a fest beer anyway the question what do you do about palate fatigue well 
we don't commonly drink two of the same style when we record an episode. Most often we'll mm-hmm. we'll drink, and I won't say this is literally always the case, but for an example, we'll drink like a double IPA and a stout. Mm-hmm. Or we'll drink like a, a Berliner Weiss or a sour and a stout or a barley wine something or a port very different or something like that. Um, and we'll try to, we try to do kind of ends of the spectrum because we drink, we feature a brewery. So we'll feature two different beers mm-hmm. from that brewery. And we'll try to kind of, because we want to expose people to what the brewery has to offer. Yeah, their we'll variety. hit different areas with them. I will also say that we intentionally kind of break up our, we're, we try and open one beer at the beginning talk about something not necessarily drink the whole beer rapid uh, you fire know, water something in right. between right. and then give us you know our palate a little bit of rest while we're t- discussing and then do our next beer so that we don't really we're not on top of each other now when we're doing this or when we talk to ricky or when we did black is beautiful we're drinking a significant number of beers i will say black is beautiful had the same base so it was a little bit easier you really tasting the adjuncts more i think than so you are. in that regard really? because um, it was basically the same beer but across a different like across yeah. a spectrum of the same mm-hmm. beer so it was easy to actually go from one to the next to the oh, next sure. because you could just tell the difference yeah, between them. that's all yeah. you're looking for was right. the differences so this is a little bit different in that you know they're similar but even just the first two we tasted are, are, are have a decent amount of flavor differences. And I'm guessing I haven't tried this one is going to be significantly different than the first one we tried. So this is kind of a unique time this time around that yeah. they have a much larger variety of a similar taste versus a two completely different tastes when we do a normal right. brewery, which, you know, an IPA and a stout, you're going to be vastly different. Or Black is Beautiful, which is... Same base, just different flavors. Yeah. So well, and I think we this, do our best. Is the right? Yeah. Is the answer? Yeah. Like, we try we not to get. That's all you can do. <laughs> yeah. This is probably the closest we're going to come to risking the previous beer influencing the next one. Agreed. I think. Yeah. Um, and I think, unless we sat here for two hours and tried to drink each one of these a half an hour apart, we just we're not going <laughs> to yeah. accomplish the goal of completely cleansing the last one. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think making the distinction between them is. Enough for us to appreciate each one. Yeah. Um, you know, and you sharing, for example, how we're getting closer to what's considered the traditional Oktoberfest Meritzen is, and the progression that we've made kind of intentionally that way is the, you know. We also intentionally usually drink a lighter beer if we have two that are similar sure. first and then. So, like, if we're not doing an IPA and a stout we're doing two different IPAs or an IPA and a double or an IPA and a Berliner or something, we usually try and do, you know, something that is a little bit tamer first. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like when we drink like an IPA and a Berliner Weiss, for example, we'll drink the IPA first because if you drink the Berliner Weiss first, all you're, you're going to get is whatever all those crazy tart. flavors yeah. they threw into it. And mm-hmm. most of, most people throw three or four different things into it and then you... That's Go to drink the IPA, the the yeah. and all you can taste is the passion fruit from the last one. <laughs> I still don't know what passion fruit actually tastes like. I itself. did find a grocery store that sells weird fruit, though, so right. we'll come back to that. We want to have a weird fruit episode where we just eat weird fruit. Because We're not, not? going to drink beer, we're just going to eat We're fruit. just going to eat weird fruit, like sounds... jackfruit and dragon fruit right. and passion fruit. You should get some gooseberries. Yeah. Sure, see? Yeah. Add it to the list. Then you can say when you're drinking white wine, wow, oh, this really tastes like gooseberries. <laughs> 
Cool. All right. Let's do it. I'm going to say it's it about a, beer, That's what though. the pros say. All right. I don't know. I just that's drink it. That's what the pros say. The pros say. Log that away. Gooseberries. Gooseberries. All right. I, so. So don't say it tastes yucky is what you're saying, which used to be a fallback for me when I didn't like things. We would go places yucky. and he would be like, don't say it tastes yucky. And I'd be like, but it. But it tastes it does. yucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't say anything tastes yucky anymore, though. I, now very, I you've matured. Have I'm very proud of you. Words that I can <laughs> use to words. describe things like a grown-up. Excellent. All right. So, anyway, how's Fruhoff, you guys? It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's definitely richer. It's definitely. I mean, it's we're we're definitely the color spectrum here is definitely oh. making a shift toward more of like a, an orangey golden mm-hmm. rather than like the yellowy. Take a we picture of at. that. Once I will, done, yeah. But I'll take a picture of each one of them. That's a good idea. But um, so I think you can tell too, especially drinking these back to back. So these first two, like I was saying, are, are more like a fest beer, and you can tell that they've got that. Um, you can, you can taste the bready malts that they're using as a base, but then there's also that hop character. This beer, there's not nearly as much hops. And right. Not to say that there was a lot of hops in the previous beers, but... There's almost none in this. Right. Comparatively. Um, and it's all that, like, caramely, amberish... I don't know. That's malty not a word for flavor. taste. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, but... Yeah, no, I was going to say malty, actually, and yeah. which is not... A taste a descriptor, yeah. word, but... It, for me, it it tells me what I'm fl- what the flavor is yeah, for I me to have that. to say it's more of a malt flavor than, yeah. than a hop flavor. I mean, malt is a more general term. I I don't like the word hoppy. Someone says, "Oh, does it taste hoppy?" It doesn't. You know, saying hoppy doesn't mean anything because hops taste like everything. <laughs> Why do you guys say that no, all no, the time? No, 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 no. But do you recall when we went to that we went to that speaker at Pollyanna? Oh, yeah. He talked about how hops really tend to lead lend more toward the aroma. That's of a beer yeah. than they necessarily do to the flavor. Taste. So saying yeah. he kind of said the same thing that you're saying Similar, is that yeah. it's not necessarily that this has a hoppy flavor. Right. It's that the hops lend a certain aroma to the beer, which can also, because you use all of your that, senses yeah. to taste beer, can also mm-hmm. kind of make you feel a certain something tastes hoppy because it has that that sting or that you know that tart bitter yeah the bitterness yeah. that's what i think people usually mean when they're it's like bitter. oh does this taste happy they mean does this taste bitter i think so too. i agree i, I definitely sure. agree i think they just aren't, they just say yeah. happy yeah no. because they've been do. told yeah. that yeah. a beer w- that has you know more hops in it or stronger hop flavor or something like that equals a bitter beer right. that that's the equation that they've yeah. i mean these milkshakes arguably are extremely happy but they don't taste bitter but there's, because yeah, of everything zero else bitterness. in it. Yeah, you know, right. there's so much else. Well, and they're not using bittering hops, no. I would assume. I'm yeah, not, I would I'm assume. not a brewer. Yeah. There's so many different hop varieties yeah. out there that, yeah, just because it has a lot of hops in it does not mean it's going to have a bitter taste. Right. Right. Depends on the, the variety and whatnot, so. Yeah. Yeah. But this is great. I've had Fruhoff. This is the, well, obviously we all know I had the Revolution Oktoberfest before. Um, but I've had Fruhoff a couple of times. Okay. And we also had a barrel-aged Fruhoff, oh, which yeah. was I forgot about weird. That. It was, really? Yeah. It was mm. super weird. But I, was, I love weird. I, it I wasn't do love weird. bourbon barrel-aged, I don't think. I think it was just oak-aged. Yeah, oh. maybe. Interesting. I, I think. I don't remember. That was hmm. last, last year's, year? right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, uh, this. I think this might be my favorite locally produced uh, Oktoberfest. Although I do really like Afterburner. Yeah, I haven't had that in a while. 
Is that uh, metropolitan? metropolitan? Yeah. Okay. I mean, everything they make German-wise. Is pretty stellar. Yeah. Yeah. But, Agreed. So I did think of um, a favorite beer of mine. Ooh. I, uh, a couple years ago, Pollyanna made a barrel-aged fun size that was up there for me. And they've made it since then, and I, I don't know if it's me or if it's the beer, but I haven't liked it quite as much, but... Well, they kind of um, get around Pollyanna when it comes to like where they get barrels and yes, what they, for sure. who they collaborate mm-hmm. with on some things once in a while. So I think yeah. that as a result, even something that they've made before might kind of come out a bit differently as a result. They've used a bunch of different bourbon barrels too, if they're depending right. on what they're aging in. Like we have one from a couple of years ago in our basement that's a table now. Um, but it's, you know, from Heaven Hill and they've used a variety of different right. distiller, distillery barrels. So they each give a little bit different flavor to it. If right. it's a barrel aged, it doesn't, you know. But I agree. Are, um, that barrel aged fun size from a couple years back. Uh, I think you're talking about the Binnie's one. Yeah. Uh, is, was pretty awesome yeah. it was pretty and and actually we're in this chicago craft beer group and people use that beer that specific one as a reference a yeah, lot when true. they talk about barrel aged yeah. beer like whether it's better or not yeah yes. well yeah. and as they put comparison they stack fun size up to that one every single time mm-hmm. barrel aged fun size yeah, comes that was out a great beer and so I it's still commonly like, thought to i be. still like the the ones that have come out in recent years yeah though, too like it's a, still a solid beer yeah it just might not be the best beer, right but, that's, yeah. that's kind of why I would say I don't have a favorite beer because, like, that beer came out, I don't know, three years ago. Well, and it's not like you can go get it today. Exactly. I had so it it's hard to or, call that. No, that's Yeah, totally once or twice, and then now I'm just thinking of that. I mean, I can think of other things. I, I had an Angry Chair beer once that was amazing, but I think I've only had two Angry Chair beers. Right. Because you can't get Angry Chair. Right. Um, well, I mean, you yeah. know, best beer I've ever had. I mean, that's like a totally different topic. I mean, True. I would, I would yeah. have trouble to do that. To do that, I would maybe say that Westbrook Mexican, Mexican coffee, coffee cake. Coffee. Westbrook is good. Uh, I really liked uh, Wide Awake from Funky Buddha, which yeah. is like a bacon maple beer. I've you would never totally had that, love yeah. it. Funky yeah. Buddha makes some good stuff. It's so oh, good. Interesting. Um, and locally, I think that barrel aged Asmodeus. 2019 mm, yeah, was, that was, good. was yeah. very good mm-hmm. so like you know best yeah. beer i've ever had those are all up there i mean there's so many but is that that's so when you say favorite beer you mean yeah. like day-to-day beer more like well, a day, yeah more like a I daily guess. i'm not even a daily drinker a regularly drink because yeah you're right like you can't say you, the best beer you've ever had you'll probably never have again Possibly, yeah. And you know, craft possibly. beer, yeah, probably. Yeah. Because, and each batch they make is slightly different. Like, yeah. you have one, even in, like, things that are always good, like Tavern Cut, the one from, you know, last time may taste slightly yeah. different than You're this You're totally batch. right. I've felt so, that way about that stuff. You know, it's like the best beer you ever had may, you may never get that again. That's mm-hmm. going to be like a one-time thing, potentially. Right. So That's true. I will say a lot of the brewery beers I've had have been super solid. You like brewery, I yeah. like brewery. Or is that like the, all the barrel-aged stuff, or is it their day-to-day They're stuff? They're barrel-aged stuff, mostly, yeah. So I don't this think I've had a bad one that, like, most barrel of barrel-aged stuff from them? That yeah. stuff is great, but, man, I hope you don't have any plans the next day. It, oh, It's agreed. like 19%. Yeah. You're going to lay on the floor <laughs> if you drink that stuff. No. I, or get I, into a fight. I don't. 
I mean, depends Depending on the mood. On your, depends on where you're at. Well, that day. and what kind of you know yeah. drunk you might be. <laughs> I'm more of a lay down on the floor kind of drug. Fair, fair. <laughs> okay, all right. So we still need to get to our parenting topic, guys. Yeah. So oh. for for my friend Rachel, she's gonna be super annoyed that she had to wait almost thirty minutes oh to gosh. hear a parenting so much topic because okay. she skips the beer part. All right. Well, let's let our palates cleanse for a bit before we do kind of our last. But let's Finish. talk about. Well, we're going to talk about, I would, uh, if I were to put it simply, we're going to talk about gender roles in parenting, okay. which really more is, you know, what is expected of mothers versus fathers and, and how do we adhere or go against those expectations? Okay. Um, this was Mike's suggestion. He wanted to talk about this. He's had some experiences that I'm sure he's going to share that kind of make him lean one way or the other with regard to, you know, how he feels about how he's treated as a father. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to kind of let you start by telling the stories that you want to tell about this topic, and then Lauren and I'll I'll jump jump in in and we'll share our own. Cool. All right. Um, I'll preface this by saying that um, the way we do childcare is that we both have full-time jobs, which I'm sure that's going to come up here with parenting roles, and that we split our time so that um, we're with the kids and we don't need to hire uh, outside help so when i'm with the kids i'm usually not with you also right Mm -hmm. so i have the kids by myself for the day um and i like to leave the house and go do an activity i don't like to sit in the house and uh, you know the kids want to kill each other or they get along but they you know it just winds up so if you go and do an activity it, it i find the day to be much more enjoyable so we'll go to the zoo or we'll go to a jump house or i don't know whatever and I'll go into the establishment and it'll be during the week. So there's not a ton of people there, but it'll be 99% just moms with their kids. And then there's me, a dad with just their kids. And then there's like one couple, (laughs) a mom and a dad with the kids. And like, I can see that these mothers are like congregating and they're talking to each other and I'm off by myself sitting, doing nothing. And I get a lot of weird looks, you know, we'll go to the park and I'm sitting there and my kids are somewhere else because they're off playing and I'm on a park bench. You're the one guy sitting on a park bench at the park. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I can see them and I, I, I try to let them be separate so they can do their own thing, mm-hmm. but, but I'm close enough to keep an eye on them. But some random person that comes up don't, doesn't know that these two over here are my kids. So I get a lot of looks like, what's this dude doing here sitting at the park around all these kids right yeah Yeah. as if i might do something inappropriate Mm. and i find that to be very frustrating um yeah a woman would never get that look right yeah yeah that they're supposed to be there Mm -hmm. Uh, but me with spending the day with my kids and the flip side of that too is that i've gotten compliments um on occasion where someone is like oh great job spending time with your kids and i'm just like uh isn't that kind of your job thanks Uh, I do it all the time, you know, it's not my children. Yeah, it's not a big deal. But like, it's like, I'm not expected to be there. It's like, where's the mother at? She's at work. You know, I'm I'm with the kids today. Um, Yeah, I think, I think that's totally accurate. I think that this is one of the areas that we are so far behind in like thinking as a society because my husband gets something similar. I mean, we both have full-time jobs. He's a fireman, so he's off two days in a row. So if if he's off, he has the kids. If he works Monday, 
then he has the kids by himself Tuesday and Wednesday. Like, that's just, we do have to use, like, my parents or sometimes a babysitter usually one day a week because, you know, we just can't make it work. But he has the kids by himself at least two days a week, you know, yeah. while I'm working. And he's been, you know, room dad or, you know, like, field trips, whatever, um, chaperones and stuff. And he's the only dad. And everybody's like, oh, it's great that you're here. Yeah, and it's like, right. I mean, like you're doing something extra that, exactly. that other people aren't doing. Like you're doing something special. It's yeah. really great to see you, right. you know. And it's he's just like, I mean, okay. my kids over there, so right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we've talked a lot about how we don't like the attitude of husbands being treated like babysitters, and yeah. that comes up mm-hmm. so often it, with our friendships with people, mm-hmm. with with us being around other parents where they kind of treat their husband like the babysitter, like the friends who are like, oh, well, I can go out for dinner with you, but I have to be home by 8.30 because I have to put my kids to bed. Yeah. And your husband is home with them. For me, that just doesn't compute. That doesn't make sense to me. No, because Your husband can't put your kids to bed. Exactly. (laughs) They're ex, you know, our kids are nine and six now. So they're friends, the people whose parents I generally am hanging out with, like, are relatively close to the same age. So these people have existed <laughs> for at least five or six years and their father can't put them to bed yeah. one night. I, I think that is partially, well, you know, obviously I'm not an expert, but partially because uh, I think some people don't want to let go of that. So like mm-hmm. they, they're like, well, I, I have to be home by uh, 8.30 to put the kids to bed, not because my husband can't do it. I mean, maybe he can't. And they think that, but also because they don't want to miss it. Well, and that they self-imposed, yeah, self-imposed, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, and I think to take that even a step further, it may go beyond that to the point where they maybe don't have faith that their husband can accomplish this because they think it's too much for them, or because they are the only ones who are good enough at it. I've definitely had conversations like that, like, oh, my husband can't handle the kids on his own, and it's kind of like a. Can he not, or have you never given him the chance? Right. Right. Type and thing? I think that it, it can go both ways, and it's probably always a little bit of both, because I think it's like, mm. it's the sort of thing like, if you're the father in that equation, and someone's convincing you that you can't do this thing, you might kind of give up on trying to do the thing. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. And kids are she hard anyway. I think I can do it. Why should I even try? Yeah. Like. Well, I remember when we had the first one, and... I don't know. I think you were home for a month. Um, I took two weeks, I want to say. And then, you know, you wanted to go back to work. And it was, we started doing what we're still doing today, which is where I was taking days off where you were in work. And so you, that first day you were just like, okay, here's the baby. I'll see you in eight hours, you know? And I am someone who frankly does not like children. And, me but, neither. But, but wanted kids and knew I wanted kids. <laughs> no, I'm kids. not offended by that. I don't like, no. I don't yeah, like kids. I don't either, like other people's speaking. kids, generally. Yeah. yeah no. Um, and had, had never held a baby in my life before we had a baby. Um, but I was just like, you know, uh, this is going to be fine. It's just a baby. You also don't really have a choice. Like, if, if you're put in that position and you're like, this is my kid. I have to take care of it. Well, that was kind of my mindset. Like, yeah. Not Here that, we are. It's go- I'm gone now, uh, yep. so good luck. I have to do this. <laughs> Just, I, I want to clarify that it wasn't that Carol was leaving and I had to take care of the kid. 
I know that's not what you're saying, but I want to say that for myself, (laughs) that I was like, I have a kid now, and I am going to take care of that kid. Right. So I'm going to need to learn all this baby stuff. Mm -hmm. And I knew I didn't want to learn it. I knew I didn't know it before we had a baby. And I didn't feel like learning it. I was like, when when we have the baby... Figure it I out. It can't be that hard. I'll figure it out. We will figure this out. Yeah. I mean, I don't like infants. Like they're boring. They're, once they're, like, old enough to have a personality and like yeah. stuff, and, like, now they're cool. But yeah. Like, yeah. I'm one of those like, people that, like, doesn't need to hold your baby. Like, Oh, my God. Me neither. I actually have said in the nicest way possible that because I have already had two children who have who used to be babies yes. that um, <laughs> I've reached my baby holding quota until I become a grandmother. Fair. And that's kind of my attitude i know that's terrible right but i just like like if you have a baby and i go to your house and you need to go cry in the shower for an hour because you just had a baby and your whole world is collapsing i'll hold your baby yeah sure whatever i'll give it back to you and go home yeah and be like man i'm so glad i don't have any babies (laughs) uh but I will totally be your friend, and I yes. will be there for you. And I have literally said that to friends. If you need to go, if you need to go take be a shower away, because it's been a week, I will. I will watch. I, I will, will hold your baby. Babies do not scare me. No. This baby can't do anything. I'm not ready to handle. It's just a but baby. I'm not Bring the it one on. that's gonna be like, oh, I want to hold and, and smell the head baby. of the baby. I don't care. And like, <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Look at his tiny little feet. And I'm just kind of like, oh. it's a baby. And we all I've, have feet. We've been here. Yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> totally get it. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. So anyway, then uh, back to the gender roles. Oh yeah. Back to the so topic. F- first story, yeah, there that I'm I'm out and about and people give me looks like I'm gonna abduct somebody, <laughs> and then the the second half of that story would be that um, we do parent teacher conferences, and usually we'll discuss it and you know do you want to go or do you do you, you want me to go or it works out better on this night for one of us to go and one of us to stay home or yeah. whatever, and we've both done them. Um, I like doing them. I like talking to the teacher. I have stuff that I want to discuss. Uh, but I'm totally cool when you do it because you come home and you give me a PowerPoint presentation on... I do. I'm very thorough. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's not as I, thorough, though. I think I you know. prefer doing it because when I come home, you're like, how did it go? And I'm like, it was fine. good. <laughs> it was fine. Oh, is he doing all right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you talk about this? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, or he Maybe. does say yes, yeah. but he doesn't elaborate. Yeah. That's also very... So do you like to give me some details? He just, anyway. He's short Anyways, on the yes. elaboration. But either of you are cap- more than yes. capable. You, right, of yeah. And the same yes. is true of, like, doctor's appointments. Oh, for sure. And that, yep. Anything. Although I, yeah. our pediatrician does not do this to me. He is very no, cool. No, I'm sure he... D- I mean, he's... I mean, partially, it might be because he's male. Yeah. Oh. I, I have no idea. Because he's the only pediatrician we've ever had. So I don't have... I mean, we've had multiple teachers over their lifetime here. So I have a set of data here to work with. But the, te- the, the, the pediatrician, we've only ever had the one. He's great. Anyway, we've gone to a couple together. And um, I went in... I remember there was one time when the older one was in preschool and we went in together and the teacher was there i think there was two of them and the one teacher was just like oh so and so's mom is here and i'm like i'm standing right here lady <laughs> and dad yeah and she knows he's his dad yeah it's not like this is her first time meeting him because i'm doing the pickups because right, you've been there. i have days off <laughs> yeah, where i'm covering up, up more than i do right yeah and 
he's held on to that for a very long I time. I have. It really bothers him. It Ooh, does. Yeah. Because it's like we get into these conferences and they're just like, well, where's the woman at? Mm-hmm. Because she, the woman the is the one who's in charge of the kids. She's the one who's going to make these decisions, not you. Mm-hmm. We know that you're at your job making money and paying for the house or whatever. Yeah. And that's just the vibe I get. And well, I, I, re- I find it very frustrating because I feel like you and I do a very good job of 50-50 where we really split the parenting role down the middle across the board, regardless of what the activity or the topic or whatever is. Yeah, um, yeah I find that very frustrating. I find the exact same thing frustrating because as the person in the mother role, I get very frustrated when they expect me to be the one to handle literally everything that's going on with the child. Or when they expect you to be available on a Tuesday at 10 o'clock and you're like, I have a job. I have a job. Well, and I'm available all the time. on a Tuesday at 10 o'clock because right. that's my day off. Yeah, so you so would be I fine. would be happy to come in and but discuss like, whatever you need to discuss. Or go to the field trip. Like, sure. I've gotten asked if yeah. I can go on the field trip. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, no, I'll be at work. And they don't ask I can't go on stuff. the field trip. Yeah. They don't ask him. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I, I agree. I might do something inappropriate. Yeah. Right. You might. Well, it's possible. I mean, we don't know. But Ugh. yeah, no, it's totally true. I get the emails or the phone calls or whatever in the middle of the day, in the middle of the week. And it's like, and I've, I, the one, my oldest, I was supposed to talk to his teacher at like whatever time. And I was like, I have to work until 430. Like, and then she's like, well, what about tomorrow at 10 o'clock? And I was like, no, I have to thing. work. I still have to work. Like, I still have a job. She's like, well, what about... And I was like, I still have to work. Like, I still have a job. What are you not getting? It's like Like, a regular job. Yeah, I I will hand you my husband's phone number because he is off for the next 48 hours. Feel free to talk to him. But yeah, it's... And it's almost... It's frustrating on both ends. I think probably more frustrating to the guys because especially the ones that truly do split responsibilities like uh, both of our families kind of are like that you know my husband is with the kids half the time realistically and I'm with the kids half the time and um you know but for the the opposite is they assume we don't have jobs yeah yeah, right (laughs) which drives me also crazy right yeah I get that from basically everybody I get that from like like older like our parents and in-laws and not them specifically but like that generation Mm -hmm. We have customers at my job that every once in a while, especially now with everything, like with e-learning and everything, they'll call the shop and they'll just be like, oh, hey, what are your kids doing? Are they e-learning? Yeah, they're e-learning. Why aren't you at home? With their dad. Uh, Because I have a job, an important job. If I wasn't here, no one would have answered your call. So you're welcome. (laughs) What? Right. No, I agree. Yeah, I get very frustrated. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I... I struggle with with that also when it comes to spending time around stay-at-home moms. So, like, not to – I don't want to sound divisive. That's not at all what I mean. It's just, like, for example, you talked about um, going to, like, the jumpy place or the park or something on a weekday, which I don't do a lot of, but I am occasionally off on Mondays. And Mm -hmm. when I am and I have done those things, taken the kids to the park or gone somewhere or met another friend – who's a stay-at-home parent Mm -hmm. and then her like stay-at-home parent joins us or whatever with their kids and we're all hanging out together and the kids are playing i get a lot of like the stay-at-home mothers especially ones that don't really know me Mm -hmm. um are sort of just like oh you have to work (laughs) 
to support your family? I'm so sorry. And I'm just sort of like, uh, I love my job so much, and I don't feel like I'm making a choice between supporting my kids and being at work. So, like, I've gotten very passive-aggressive responses from stay-at-home parents. I've had stay-at-home parents actually say to me, like, wow, it must be so hard to be at work all day and then come home and have to take care of your kids. And, like, that's the words that they're saying. But what they're really saying is you must not be able to commit to them as much as I'm Uh, committing to them because you're gone all day. Yeah. See, to me, that statement says it must be so hard to spend all day at work and then come home and do the housework and cook dinner and then put your kids to bed because your husband's not doing it. That's probably a different perspective but yeah also yeah no true that's a fair assessment that woman is probably doing all that because she is a stay-at-home mom and i mean props well, to stay-at-home moms i wouldn't i couldn't do i can't that. do it if i was stay at home that i would do all that stuff because i would be bored also right. it, it would be ridiculous to have you somebody any person work yeah. a full shift and then come home and work a second full shift Agreed. When the other person everything. is sitting there watching their stories or whatever. Yes. No, I I agree. Their stories. I wish I had time to watch stories. Oh man, <laughs> I forgot there were stories right? until you just well, said that. You know, I have I have probably most of my friend mom friends uh, do work. I have okay. one that. I mean, she's kind of a stay-at-home mom, but she still works like a couple of days, so like she she gets it, and she's never been like. She's never been judgy about that stuff. But there's this other group of fr- mutual friends. And the one mom was trying to make plans with everybody and was like, well, let's go do this on, you know, this Friday or this Tuesday or this whatever. And she goes, well, we've been we've been going to the, you know, the water park every day this week. And I was like, well, clearly you don't have a job. Like, I can't take my kids to do activities every day because I have a job. Yeah. And she was, like, trying to put days. And I was like, look, lady, like, I work. Saturday. I literally can't do it during the week. And she was like, Oh, like it was a shock that I have a job. And I'm like, It's because she (laughs) she made the choice before asking you that you didn't. Because that's the notion is that women mothers mothers Mm -hmm. don't have jobs. In certain groups of people, yes, for sure. I would say that from social media in this day and age of remote learning, I think there's a lot in my school district that don't work at yeah. all that's crazy to me because yeah. i can't think of anyone we know that is a single income family like who is working a job and is making enough money that the other person doesn't I have mean, to work i think that if you start out that way and you buy a home that is based on a single income and you you approach that's crazy. Your life that way? <laughs> well, we, you yeah, we bought our house out. assuming we... I quit my job when right? I, after we had the twins. I, I officially gave my two weeks, and my boss's boss was like, can you work part-time? And I was like, I'll give it a shot. And realistically, at this point, like I would have had to get a new job, or we would have had to not have a bunch of vehicles, not have a camper, not right. go on vacations, not have cable, not like right. not have stuff. We could literally afford the mortgage and like food and basics with one salary, but we wouldn't be able to leave the house. Like we wouldn't right. be able to do anything. We could, we could make it do barely, but like we wouldn't be able to truly enjoy life if we were living on one income right and that's really not reasonable at some point i would have had to get another job but there's 
story for another time, but there's definitely um, parents who uh, have made a big stink about things with remote learning and blah, 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 and whatever, and they're, like, sitting outside the school teaching in their on the grass because they're protesting, and I'm like, so you're dragging your children out here. You clearly have no job, and this is how you're spending your time. Like, and they're mad that bunch, the kids are home and that yeah, they're not getting. They're their not eating their bonbons and watching their stories. Like Whew. that to me is privilege above privilege. But anyways, like I just I can't relate to that. But those are the people that are like, oh, you have to work. Oh, I'm sorry. No but way. I mean, like my attitude about being a stay-at-home parent probably would be if I if I had been one would be that when my children started going back to school, I would probably get a job, even if it was just kind something. of like a BS part-time yeah, job. Yeah, I would do something. I, I, I always used bored. to say, I remember yeah. when, when we were in college, at the time, it looked like you were going to get a job where you were going to be making a lot of money. Right. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to sit at home and watch stories. And <laughs> now that we're older and I've been working for a while... Um, I don't know that I could, I don't know that I would want to just sit at home um, and do nothing. I think, like you said, I would get like a part-time job and work like a couple days a week. I've reached the point where the can, the small number of stay-at-home parents that I have, mm-hmm. I spend time encouraging to like start a small business. Like, I'm like, you know what you could do? Yeah. You could open this business. Nobody has this business. This would be perfect mm-hmm. for you. You should do it. And like, <laughs> and they're kind of like, yeah. And I'm like, and on your own schedule. And they're like, maybe. And I'm just like, like, and you would make it, money. Yeah. <laughs> and do they were it, like, oh yeah, money. And I'm just like, money. <laughs> you know, the thing I'm doing. Like, you know, and we all know that's like your prime motivator. But like you yeah. said, even if you didn't need the money, like, I feel like I need the sense of accomplishment. And don't get me That's wrong. That's nice, yeah. I'm one of those people that has to have a project. I always have a project. Yeah. I'm always like, there's always something. Something I can be researching, you know? doing, building, making, fixing, right. whatever. Yeah. When all this mess started and the kids were home from school and they weren't going to be going back and like we were all at home doing nothing, I was just like, what am I going to work on? Mm-hmm. And I started making like impossibly difficult desserts. <laughs> and then I decided I wanted a pool for the backyard mm-hmm. and I scoured the earth until I found one. Yes, and then literally. I spent most of my summer maintaining the pool yeah. and swimming in it every day with the kids. And like, it was awesome. It was great. We got exercise. It was, I'm super pleased with the investment. Yeah. And we just like, and now I'm like, now I have to build a keyser because yes. I need something you to need do. And I have a full-time job, but I still, yeah. I'm like, I need to have something. And I feel like if I were at home, I would do those things. All of those things would have still happened. Mm -hmm. But I would still feel like I could fill the space with something something additional. And for me, it would have to be a hobby or some type of work. It would have to be. Well, that's fair. Let's open this last Oktoberfest. This is like a real German beer. Now we're going to drink uh, Einger. 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 Oof. I wouldn't have well, we can talk later about whether it's Martzen or Mertzen, if you want. Einger <laughs> might also be. I think it's Anger. I, I said Anger. Regardless, it's, Anger. Ger- it's from Anger. actually from Germany. So yes, yes. So from Bavaria. We did it. We made it to Germany. We made it to Germany. This is 
I have no idea how long this has been being made for, but the brewery itself has been around since 1877. So not since my birth year then. So like no, earlier than that. Yes, yes. Mmm, it smells good. It smells like a Merton. Mm. So this is what an actual Oktoberfest should taste like, huh? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I So we took a break, right? And we we had took a significant break, on purpose. Right, and we hadn't drank any of these other three in a little while. And I think, to be honest with you, I think that the Fruhoff is more flavorful than this one. I was going to give that one another taste. Um, yeah. I think those are the most two s- the similar with the most sure, flavor. Sure, sure. So this beer used to be, for me, like the pinnacle of Oktoberfest's. And I don't know if I feel that way anymore. And, again, it's that whole question of did I change or did the beer change? And I will never know. Taste buds change all the time. They do. Um, And it's possible that this beer has been uh, reduced slightly. Like I was saying, the Germans invented this Fest beer um, and have lightened the Martzen style. I will say that the Pollyanna I know won uh, a medal at... Great American Beer Fest for this beer. Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. for being a Martzen. Hmm. I mean, so I would say yeah. it must be traditional. But you know, the Einer is from Germany. Plus, I mean, who really cares about tradition, right? Especially in beer. <laughs> uh, nobody cares I mean, nobody about tradition. These days. Yeah. yeah, nothing is what it. I mean, what is, what is anything supposed to taste like? You know? Right. People say, "Oh, it doesn't taste like beer." I'm just like, well, "What does beer even taste like?" That is the argument a lot, especially with so many weird mm-hmm. fruited beers. Well, even like the milkshakes, and like things. people like feel like milkshake beers don't taste like beer. They think they taste like, you know, creamsicle or whatever. Well, and they, you know, but their composition is still technically beer. Yeah. And that's so not a new thing because yeah. you were just talking about um, Berliner Weisses, which is a very old style. Mm-hmm. And that beer arguably does not taste like beer when people say it should taste like beer it tastes like first of all it tastes weird as a base yes and second of all they're adding that syrup exactly and it tastes like the syrup Mm -hmm. right and that is beer Mm -hmm. no one's going to tell you that Berliner Weiss is not beer right yes so that style's been around forever and it's a traditional style yeah so really the question is does it taste good and well, that's, and that's very subjective. Basically, so. why we started this podcast. <laughs> I think that pretty much hits it. Does I'm going to change good. the description to Does it taste good? Does it, Does taste, it good? taste good? Well, it's beer. We've established we've that. Established Does it taste all right. good? The composition is good. It is, is beer. Um, me and my husband were having this conversation earlier, actually. I was drinking, I don't remember what I was drinking. I was drinking like a cookies and cream stout or something. I don't even know. But I had said, I'm like, even, and I had him try it. And I'm like, it, it tastes like it's supposed to taste. And I'm like, even if you don't like it, it tastes exactly like how it's advertised. Yeah. So if you're going to pick up a jalapeno pickle, whatever, and you decide that you don't like it, that's your own fault because you didn't like that flavor. Well, if it tastes like it, yes. then it's not that it's a bad beer. It's just not a beer for you. I get really right. irritated when the beer says jalapeno pickle. And I'm like, where's the pickle? Fair, yeah. That it just tastes like jalapeno. Yep. That I'm like, hey, I bought this because I wanted some pickle. Yep. Right. And there is none. Yeah. Then, but if it tastes like jalapeno pickle, then that to me is a good beer. Right. I would agree. Objectively. It's, yeah. Because it tastes like what they said it was supposed to taste like. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But on the other side of that, there are people who will drink this 
beer from Pollyanna, this Fruhoff, and they'll rate it on Untap, and they'll give it two stars, and they'll say, I don't like Mertzens. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't like it. Right. Well, those well, people are... Exactly. And, and that's I'm kind just of my like, point. Like, what are you doing? If you're going to buy, like, a coffee stout and be like, I didn't like it because I don't like coffee, well, if, does it taste like it's advertised? Yes. Yeah. Then you shouldn't be rating it negatively. Yeah. You shouldn't have bought it in the first place. Well, I, like, I, I don't rate beers, but I do often say that. That yeah. someone will ask me about my opinion about a particular mm-hmm. beer, and I'll say, "Well, I didn't like it because don't like I don't like coffee," flavor. which yeah. is not true. But to use your example, mm-hmm. and then I'll say, "Well, but it did taste a lot like coffee," and they'll go, "Oh, I really like coffee," and I'll go, well, "You'll probably like it then." Yeah, exactly. Coconut or right, whatever yeah. flavor yeah. that I like. Coconut. And somebody Kara m- does not. Right. No. So she's gonna say, "Okay, this tastes," and we've talked about this even in the podcast. Like it tastes like coconut. It's supposed to taste like coconut. I may not like this, but right. it tastes how it's supposed to taste. Right. Or as someone who doesn't like coconut, I may sample something that does have coconut in it, and it might be balanced with something else mm-hmm. that makes me appreciate it as well, because even though it does have a flavor that I don't prefer, mm-hmm. it's presented in a way that I still appreciate. Sure, it's not overpowering. And, yeah. and even still, even beyond that, I mean, if a beer is, is supposed to have coconut in it, and it, it does, and it tastes like coconut then it's accomplished the goal it's set out to accomplish. Now, and I can't argue against that. Then it then that's... Yeah. Like, like you were saying, if it's supposed to be jalapeno and pickle and there's no pickle, then it's not accomplishing the goal. It's not actually as advertised. It's not what it's supposed to taste like. Well, and I'll also say that the really frustrating thing about that is that I think from an FDA standpoint, they have to put, oh, that we put this thing in there. Mm, fair. Oh. And so, trace amounts of So, something. like, I know that... Um, jalapenos or peppers in general Mm. i think can be used and the the beer won't taste spicy it'll taste dry okay and that's from that pepper but that's what they're going for so when you read that can you say oh this has peppers in it and you're thinking to yourself it's going to have a spicy note and it doesn't but that doesn't mean that the beer is not doesn't taste as intended yeah well there was a mexican chocolate that had ghost peppers in it or something i think that was right and it doesn't taste like a ghost pepper i mean it has a flavor but it's not necessarily going to taste exactly like a pepper would taste but it has different flavor profiles to it that's coming from that pepper right right so but yeah yeah that's interesting that's very interesting i think my favorite of the night is Mm. actually the pollyanna well i have to say to bring everything full circle that that's one of the reasons pollyanna is one of my favorite breweries is because Whatever they put on the can, that's what you taste, and yeah. and the way they do flavoring, I'm I I like a lot. I th- I actually think Foreign Exchange, the stuff I've had from him recently, is similar too. Where it'll say three ingredients or whatever, and you taste those three ingredients, but none of them are overwhelming, and none of them like kill your palate. That like you drink that beer and you're it's not in your mouth for five minutes. That it clears out, and then you can take another drink. Yeah, I really like that about both of those breweries. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's thanks for bringing it around. So on sure. that note, you know, let's let's wrap up, you guys. Thanks for joining us tonight, Mike. Uh, tonight, I always do that. I always say tonight, even though our guests might be listening to the episode at eight o'clock in the morning. At eight in the morning on their commute. But yes, thanks for joining us. Sure. And uh, you know, we're parenting by the pint, and you can find us on Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. (laughs) And please, you know, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app so you keep enjoying us. And we will catch you guys again soon. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.